Gun Lobby Extremists Target Kids Charity The Alana and Madeline Foundation, named after two victims of the Port Arthur Massacre, says it has been subject to threats and abuse since publicly supporting gun restrictions last year. Our staff, who are used to providing care and support to children, at first found it quite overwhelming to be the subject of such abuse, the Foundation's chief executive Leslie Podesta told Three or on Tuesday. Mexico hit with smartphone spying claims. The complaint to the Attorney General's office on Monday by nine people followed a report by the New York Times that some of them had been spied on with software known as Pegasus, which Israeli company NSO Group sold to Mexico's government. Citing a report by a research group that investigated the alleged spying, the complaint says the Attorney General's office and the Defense Ministry were among government organizations that purchased the software. Those claiming to be targeted by the software included Carmen Aristegui, a journalist who in 2014 helped reveal that President Enrique Peña Nieto's wife had acquired a house from a major government contractor, as well as Carlos Lorit de Mola, a journalist at leading television network Televisa. Others included in the complaint were anti-corruption activists and lawyers representing the families of 43 trainee teachers whose disappearance and apparent massacre in 2014 created a huge public relations headache for Pina Nieto. Daniel Milan, a spokesman for Pina Nieto's office, issued a statement saying that there was no proof the Mexican government was responsible for the spying described in the New York Times story. We condemn any attempt to violate the right to privacy of any person, the statement said. A Reuters report in 2015 showed government surveillance requests were gathering speed in Mexico, raising concerns about a lack of oversight in a country plagued by corruption and collusion between security forces and criminal gangs. Mexico's government purchased about 80 million US dollars, 105 million Australian dollars worth of spyware from NSO Group on condition it would only be used to investigate criminals and terrorists, the Times said. Back schools plan, former union boss urges. As a meeting of coalition MPs considered a peace deal with Catholic schools, Diane Folgo argued the Gonski 2.0 model was based on the principle of needs-based funding. This is one of the most crucial potential improvements for funding for public education for decades. The former ACTU vice president said in a letter to the prime minister, opposition leader, senators and the Australian Education Union, Labour could increase the funding when it won power, but the fundamentals of the government plan were too important not to support, she said. West Australian teachers have also split from their national union body in urging the parliament to approve the plan. The government is under pressure to appease angry Catholic schools by delaying the introduction of a model that provides less generous funding arrangements for them. They want the government to roll over existing arrangements for at least 12 months while the socio-economic status model is reviewed. The amount of funding to non-government schools is discounted by the capacity of parents to contribute to their children's education, which is based on looking at socio-economic status. SES scores of where they live. Under the existing model, Catholic systemic schools are allowed to average out the SES scores of all schools in their state systems. Any concession to the Catholic schools sector is likely to upset independent private schools which have agreed to the Gonski 2.0 model. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, 
when asked whether the government had done a deal with the Catholic sector, told reporters in Canberra, there's lots of talk. Lots of people are making proposals. But as you know, with these Senate negotiations, nothing is concluded until it's concluded. Any side deal with Catholic schools could also upset the Greens who have delayed making a final decision on a comprise offer from the government. The minor party, which can provide nine of the ten crossbench votes the government needs in the Senate, will consult its National Council on Tuesday night and meet again on Wednesday morning. It still has concerns about how quickly extra money can be given to the neediest schools and a legislative mechanism to ensure states maintain their own funding levels. Snobbery claim as ALP rejects English test. But Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull hit back, telling the opposition Labour it was not valuing Australian citizenship. Labour MPs meeting on Tuesday unanimously rejected government calls for bipartisanship on legislation before Parliament that requires migrants to sit a standalone English languages test before being allowed to even apply for citizenship. The government also wants to increase the minimum permanent residency period from one year to four, introduce a new values test, and require stronger character checks. Labour labelled the bill a massive overreach. They have taken some steps, which, put simply, Australia should never take and are inconsistent with who we are as a country, frontbencher Tony Burke told reporters in Canberra. Nor did the changes have anything to do with national security as claimed by the government. If there is a national security problem for these people, then why on earth does the government have them already living here permanently? Mr Burke said. Labour also took exception to the longer waiting time and the English language test, which Mr Burke said was as an act of snobbery. Immigration Minister Peter Dutton dismissed that claim as nonsense and insisted he would be not be compromising on his legislation. I'm confident we can get this bill through the Senate because I think ultimately Labour will change their position, he said. Mr Turnbull said citizenship shouldn't just be an outcome of an administrative process. Labour are disrespecting Australian citizenship by failing to recognise that integration, citizenship, the harmony and the mutual respect that comes from shared political values that unite us, that requires a respect for citizenship, the Prime Minister said. The government will have to rely on the crossbench for support and that doesn't look promising. Nick Xenophon is doubtful about English language requirements being necessary for Australia's safety. I support the government in ensuring that we have an orderly migration program, that we control our borders, but I don't think we should have a punitive test, the senator earlier told reporters. Shark detectors deployed at our attack site. The locations were chosen after community consultation, including an online survey, and take the total number of shark detectors off Wars Coast to 27. Kelp beds, where 17-year-old Laetitia Brower was fatally bitten on the leg while surfing with her father on Easter Monday, was selected as the first or second choice by 84% of total respondents, while 54% chose West Beach as their first or second preference. The receivers enable authorities to detect tagged sharks in the area and immediately upload information to the Shark Smart website and Surf Life Saving War Twitter feed. Fisheries Minister Dave Kelly said the extension of the shark monitoring network to a spur ins was part of the state government's shark mitigation strategy. The two locations selected by the Spur Inns community are both popular surfing beaches among locals and visitors, he said on Tuesday.
Department of Fisheries staff are on their way to a spur ins today with the receivers and equipment to deploy the detectors, if weather permits, by the end of the month. Government flags possible coal power investment. The Prime Minister will ask the Australian energy market operator to review which power stations might be liable to close soon and report on ways, including government support, to secure investment in them. Mr Turnbull says this is consistent with recommendations from Chief Scientist Alan Finkel in his recent review of the electricity market. Jobs, housing still a worry for RBA. Glimmers of hope in some areas of employment, better business conditions and evidence that a regulatory crackdown on investor lending is starting to bite encourage the Reserve Bank of Australia board's view of the nation's economic well-being, minutes from its June meeting show. However a fall in the total number of hours worked, persistently weak wages growth and a hugely varied housing market, characterized by strong East Coast capital city prices and softness elsewhere, were cited as key factors that led the RBA to leave the cash rate unchanged at 1.5%. Private funeral for QLD terror victim Sarah Mazelinux Memorial Service will be held at Morton Bay College's Music Center at 10.30 a.m. on Friday, the school has confirmed. At the request of Sarah's family, this will be a private funeral for family and friends only, the school said in a statement. We ask that you respect the wishes of the family at this time of farewelling their beautiful daughter. Details of the service come almost three weeks after the 21-year-old was killed along with fellow Australian Kirsty Bowden, 28, when three attackers ploughed into pedestrians with a van before stabbing revellers in London's Borough Market with 30 centimetres knives. No further comments will be made by the school or the family, the statement said. Prime Minister Turnbull acts on power, gas bills. However, the Prime Minister could not give a guarantee when consumers and business would see the hip-pocket impact of new regulations and legislation saying time will tell. One of the key drivers of higher power prices has been the price of gas, partially due to a shortage of East Coast domestic supply. Once the shortfall in supplies worked out, new regulations to restrict gas exports will start from January 1, 2018. Mr Turnbull said wholesale gas prices would come down in the immediate term, but how they translate into retail prices or prices for industrial users is another thing. Australian businesses and households are paying the price and what we're doing is taking strong action, decisive action, to address that, he told reporters in Canberra on Tuesday. As well, the government will seek Parliament's approval to scrap a process electricity companies use to justify power price hikes. Energy Minister Josh Frydenberg said axing the limited merits review, the next round of which is due in 2019-20 would put downward pressure on electricity prices. Limited merits review allows entities affected by decisions of the Australian Energy Regulator to have the decisions reviewed by the Australian Competition Tribunal. The courts have ruled against consumers 31 times out of 52 appeals by companies. While not putting a figure on its impact on power bills, Mr Frydenberg said past processes had added an extra $6.5 billion to electricity costs. The Prime Minister rejected, concerns that gas regulations could case sovereign risk for energy companies. Our first duty, and it is consistent with our legal obligations, is to protect our people, our businesses, 
our households. The government is still weighing up other recommendations of Chief Scientist Alan Finkel's review of the electricity sector, including a clean energy target. Mr Turnbull said the government had asked the Australian energy market operator to identify, in line with Dr Finkel's report, how best to ensure the retirement of coal-fired power stations does not deliver a price shock to the market. They will talk to suppliers and energy suppliers and particularly large-scale emissions intensity suppliers about what they need to do to secure future investment and examine how much continuous power is needed in the short term to stabilize our power prices, he said. If necessary the government would step in beyond its existing commitment to Snowy Hydro 2.0, such as investing in clean coal technology. We'd certainly consider that.